Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. Thanksgiving. A little history. Amen? You ready? All right. In 1620, English families known as pilgrims seeking religious freedom in the New World sailed on the Mayflower ship for 10 grueling weeks across the Atlantic and landed on the shores of Massachusetts in November that year. On November 21st of 1620, the pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact, which basically said, we're, we're going to establish a colony, and we're going to be led by God. They were going to be led by the Lord. That's the Mayflower Compact. And, and it began, and it began their, their Plymouth colony. Of the 102 pilgrims that came over, only 47 survived to the spring. It was freezing. It was cold. And at one point, only half a dozen were healthy enough to care for the rest. In the spring of 1621, the Indian Squanto of the Patuxet tribe came among them and showed them where to catch fish, plant corn, trap beaver, and was their interpreter with the other Indian tribes. Governor William Bradford wrote, the settlers began to plant their corn in which service Squanto stood them in good stead, showing them how to plant it and cultivate it. He also told them that unless they got fish to manure the, that dry, exhausted old soil, it would come to nothing. In the middle of April, plenty of fish would come up the brook, and he taught them how to catch it. Squanto was kidnapped 15 years prior to this. He was kidnapped and was taken to Spain and then to England, and then he was able to escape back to America. During his captivity, he learned English, and through a Spanish friar, he learned about the Lord. While he was in captivity, his whole tribe had died from a plague. The providence of God was on him. He was kidnapped, and his tribe was killed by a plague. Pilgrim Edward Winslow recorded in his Mort's Relation papers that in the fall of 1621, he said, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, just a hunt for fowl, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as with a little help beside served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms. And so on that first Thanksgiving, they were, they were practicing for fun shooting things, right? Many of the Indians coming amongst us and amongst the rest of their greatest king, Massasoit, with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. 
And although it be not always plentiful, so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Governor Bradford added, and beside waterfowl, there was great store of wild turkeys, of which they took many beside venison, etc. Besides, they had about a peck a mill a week to a person, and now since harvest, Indian corn to that proportion. Squanto was with the pilgrims for over 20 years. He was a godsend to them. Bradford wrote about Squanto's death, saying, Here Squanto fell ill of Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose, which the Indians take for a symptom of death, and within a few days he died. He begged the governor to pray for him, that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven and bequeath several of his things to some of his English friends as remembrances. His death was a great loss. As half of the pilgrims died that first winter, there was the real possibility that they would not have survived another had it not been for Squanto. Governor Bradford uh, acknowledged Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. The Thanksgiving holiday in our country has always been about God's providence. From the early days of our country, and I mean the early days, the first 13 governors of the 13 colonies were ministers. They wanted to be a people and a nation who interacted with God, had a relationship with God, believed that God was in everything. And so, not in everything as a nature, but you know what I mean, in everything. Part of their lives. During the colonial era, they would declare times of thanksgiving. Uh, whenever they were in great need, they would declare a time of prayer. When they were in super great need, they would add fasting to that. They would declare fasting and prayer. And when God would answer their needs, that's when they would declare a day of thanksgiving, a national day of thanksgiving. So there have been so many days of thanksgiving in our country, without a doubt. America's founders, like I said, they believed in this interaction between them and God, that if they sinned, he would call them to repent. And if they did not repent, they believed that God would judge them. And if they finally did repent, he would send deliverance. I mean, it does remind us of biblical Israel, doesn't it? The forefathers spoke so much Bible. They declared so much scriptural truth that if you ask me my opinion as to why our country is blessed, I would say, well, just look at the writings. That doesn't mean that I worship the forefathers. That doesn't mean that our country is without sin. But I say this, what nation is without sin? What nation is so blessed as the United States of America? I am so blessed to be born in this country and to have the freedoms that we have. Yeah, they're under attack, but that's a different can of worms for a different time. 
We definitely speak to those here in this church. But you look at the writings, and it's unbelievable that sinful men who, who in their best days and in their best times, thought to themselves, we should ask God, we should seek God for his providence. They didn't believe that the country was, was, was founded without the providence of God. It shouldn't have happened. They were outnumbered and outgunned. This country isn't perfect, but still to this day, everybody's trying to get here. Amen? Oh, but pastor, it's a conspiracy. Skull and bones. They were Freemasons. It's like, look, all right? I'm not naive, but I figure God's going to judge those that are wicked and justify those that are just. It's all good to me. At the end of the day, give me some writings from other countries that sound like our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, a civil war that was fought to end slavery. You show me another country. It's a good country. Not perfect. That's why we have the flags up. Someone keeps moving it over to the other end. I don't know why. But anyways, if we honor this Christian flag, there's hope for the American flag. After the Declaration of Independence was proclaimed July 4th, 1776, the first national day of Thanksgiving was declared by the Continental Congress on November 1st, 1777 to celebrate victory over British General Bergen at the Battle of Saratoga. This is what they said. The grateful feeling of their hearts joined the penitent confession of their manifold sins, that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot them out of remembrance and under the providence of Almighty God secure for these United States the greatest of all human blessings, independence, and peace. Show me another country that does that, rolls like that actually names the name of Jesus Christ. It's, it's incredible, guys. It's incredible. Every country in the world, I mean, you, you know, it's nice to visit, but my goodness, America. Benedict Arnold, remember that dude? Traitor, huh? After traitor, Benedict Arnold's plot to betray West Point was uh, thwarted. The Continental Congress proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving, October 18, 1780, saying in the late remarkable interposition of his watchful providence in the rescuing the person of our commander-in-chief, speaking of George Washington, and the army from imminent dangers at the moment when treason was ripened for execution, it is therefore recommended a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to confess our unworthiness and to offer fervent supplications to the great, to the God of all grace to cause the knowledge of Christianity to spread over all the earth. And after British General Cornwallis surrendered to Yorktown, Congress proclaimed a day of thanksgiving, October 11, 1782, it being the indispensable duty of all nations to offer up their supplications to Almighty God, the United States and Congress assembled do hereby recommend it to the inhabitants of these states in general to observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of psalm thanksgiving to God for all his mercies. And after the Treaty of Paris ended the Revolutionary War, 
Congress recommended that the states declare a day of Thanksgiving. Massachusetts Governor John Hancock, who was a former president of the Continental Congress, proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving, November 8, 1783. The citizens of these United States have every reason for praise and gratitude to the God of their salvation. I do appoint the 11th day of December next the day of recommended by the Congress to all the states to be religiously observed as a day of thanksgiving and prayer that all the people may then assemble to celebrate that he hath been pleased to continue to us the light of the blessed gospel that we also offer up fervent supplications to cause pure religion and virtue to flourish and to fill the world with his glory. I mean, that's crazy stuff. Good stuff. You don't read that about any other nation. It was talk like that. It was, it was inquiring of God. It was crying out with God that helped right a lot of wrongs in our country. When all the other nations were, 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 were still being brutal, still being third worldish, still being, uh, abusive. In America, it was because they sought God that they searched their own soul and, and would fight and try to clear things up. I don't put my trust in any man or in any political party or in, or in any president. But I thank God that he used Donald Trump to at least reverse Roe versus Wade. At least. It got kicked to the States, but at least. I mean, the, the day that happened... We were having a worship night here, and so it was like we came like a Thanksgiving worship night. It was, we were having a worship night on that day anyways, and we were able to celebrate the good. We pray for him, but I don't put my trust in him. I'm, I'm active in politics because we have children and grandchildren, and we want them to go to better schools and not be corrupted by all this indoctrination. Both in, in, in Scripture, we're told to pray. In Jeremiah, we're told, pray. Pray for the city that you live in, that you might live in peace, so that it might go well. You see, um, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the blessing of our country, if you ask me, I'm reading about it. This is why. I've been around the country. I've been blessed to travel. I've seen the mountains of Montana and northern Idaho. I've seen the oceans. I've seen places, and they're beautiful. And I am reminded, even in nature, my goodness, Lord, our country is blessed. And I believe every city that you that you guys live in, every city that you live in, because you are in it, and because you seek God, that that city is blessed because you are in it. This country is blessed because we are in it. Those who love his word, those who pray, that is why our country is blessed. If we were not here, it would be ripe for judgment. And that's why Christ is coming back for his church. And this country will be judged. When I say let's get involved in politics, it's not dominionism. Dominionism is a fancy word. And there's Christian churches who believe that they can make heaven on earth. That if we just vote in the right person, this will be heaven. It's impossible. Jesus is going to come back with his church after he takes us to level everything. We're not going to make heaven on earth. He's going to come and destroy. He's going to come and bring his wrath. We are here and we get involved in order to restrain the evil in our land. Does that make sense? 
It's not dominionism. There are some weird churches out there that are all about, oh, you know, we got, we got to vote. They, they, they just, they focus everything there. Jesus came for souls. After passing the Bill of Rights, which included the First Amendment, Congress requested President George Washington issue a National Day of Thanksgiving, which he did, October 3rd, 1789, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor, and whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend Thursday, the 26th day of November, to be devoted by the people of the United States to, to the service of that great and glorious being, speaking of God, who is the benefactor, benef beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or that will be that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government, particularly the national one, now lately instituted. George Washington gave God the credit for them being able to establish the Constitution of the United States. They said, this is above us. We're not smart enough to do, they did it, and they believe it was the hand of God that moved them. For the civil and religious liberties which we are blessed, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. I'm not into ecumenicalism. If other nations want to pray with the United States, we're praying to Jesus Christ. We're not praying to Allah or Buddha or anything else. You hear what I'm saying? Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the first annual National Day of Thanksgiving, Washington, D.C., October 3rd, 1863. In the midst of the Civil War of unequaled magnitude and severity, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last day of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. I mean, when Lincoln said it, you know he meant it. If you see Biden on Thursday trying to be religious, you can see through that, right? He better start with, Lord, forgive us for our abortions. Forgive us for our immorality. Then, then, then there's something to be thought of. If not, just uh, I say to him, just go pardon the turkey and go about your way. <laughs> we're praying for him <laughs> and I recommend they also with humble patience for our national perseverance and disobedience and, and disobe no and humble penitence for our national perverseness this is what Lincoln said pray to God that he would forgive us for our national perverseness they need to give him a, his own holiday again What's, you know what I mean I mean, what the heck? Split those guys. Two days off. 
kids don't even know who Lincoln is. They don't even know. He was the president who asked the country to pray to God that he would forgive us our perverseness and disobedience. Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace harmony tranquility and union in testimony whereof i have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the united states to be affixed done at the city of washington this third day of october in the year of our lord 1008 163, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by the President Abraham Lincoln, William H. Seward, Secretary of State. That's Thanksgiving, right? In our country. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. Give me an amen once you are there. And Father, again, we ask your blessing upon your word to our hearts. Be glorified. Give us your humility to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Lord put this on my heart here to share with you this morning as a thanksgiving message. Jesus was with his disciples uh, traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem. And he had just finished speaking to them of the importance of faith and duty, or faith and service. He said to them, Which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once, uh, sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink. Now, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not, Jesus said. So likewise, you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do so. In other words, our Lord Jesus saw in, in his mercy and his grace and his great gift of salvation to the world. He came to save us from our sins. Now, the price for your soul and my soul is, is so expensive we cannot put a dollar amount of what our soul is worth. But Jesus paid the price at Calvary, on the cross, at Golgotha. He paid the heavy price for your and mine, my soul. It was expensive. You can't put a price on it. We owe him for, we owe him for eternity. So he wanted his disciples to learn. Because I've done this, because you are my disciples and I purchased you for such an expensive price, when you serve me, 
Don't serve me with this idea of, okay, Jesus, what are you going to pay me for my service? My goodness, they should be serving Jesus for free for eternity for what he did on the cross for their sins, even though at the time he had not yet died. It's still God's heart that we are so grateful for our salvation that we in turn say to God, we are your unprofitable servants. Don't worry about it. We owe you. But God's still good. He says the worker's worthy of his wages and he does bless. But the heart of our service should be, my goodness, I owe him to serve him. I owe him for what he's done. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.